Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I am your host, Corey. Thank you guys once again for joining me on another episode of this podcast. I would like to send a shout out to the two people that won the workbook. Uh, Natalie and Carly, congratulations. You guys are the winners of the notebook. Or actually, excuse me, the workbook. It's not a notebook. It'd be kind of boring just to give you a plain notebook. So, congratulations. Please let me know if you have any questions on that. It's uh, still in the development phase. I haven't launched it yet because I want to have the ability to send an actual hard copy as well as the digital download. Um, so once you guys get through that, and I mentioned this to you in the in the DM that we had back and forth, but shoot me a message. Uh, let me know. Give me some feedback on what you think. If there's anything else I should add, anything I should change. But more so, let me know what you think of the digital download. Right now it's a digital download, so you'd end up having to print it off and use it. I want to be able to send you a hard copy if that's what you choose. So I haven't launched it yet. Um, it's it's in the works. It's pretty much done. I just got to figure out how to put it all together. So it's coming. And it's just a, it's a morning routine workbook that you do every day for 60 days. And eventually you come to a point where you know yourself better, you know like your values, your beliefs, you have some mantras going, you have some evaluation of your anxieties, um, some of the things that are causing you anxiety. It helps you think through those. And then it also has a thing at the end for recapping your day. It's always good to look at your day, uh, look back and see some of the victories from the day, some of the things that you um, did well, um, because that's the best way to end the day. So that's what we have starting out here. trying to think of what else oh coming up we have the million meter row at crossfit elc um, and then it's happening at a few other locations which i had david quizberg on a couple episodes back and if you want to find out more about that go ahead and take a peek we also have on crossfit elc um, our page um, is empowered living company and they're um, linked on my uh, instagram and you can find them and find out a little bit more information about that. We do have a GoFundMe page if you'd like to donate. Uh, please check that out and uh, or let me know. Just hit me a DM. Say, hey, I want to donate. And I'll shoot you the link to our GoFundMe page. You can add some um, money to that, which for us, that's going to add more time rowing. Which I have a... You guys know that I've got some some issues physically. I got the, the hip implants and so rowing it just makes my butt go numb so if you want my butt to be numb longer please send in more money nah i'm just playing it'll be good it's a good cause we're going to donate to um, one of the drop-in places for mental health in the area and then we're also going to donate to the student um, mental health services at the college so really excited about that we're, we're sitting really good man i don't even know where we're at i haven't looked but we're creeping up to a pretty high amount so it's going to be a decent day of rowing so it's pretty exciting we'll uh We'll do a little recap on that, and I might actually run back up and talk with David again, and we'll go over some of the stuff that they did, some of the stuff we did. Uh, I'll go over some of the people that we talked to. We're going to have some of the local uh, mental health services people come to the event, and then we're also just going to have fun, and and, um, I'm going to be there with the podcast answering questions. I'm going to do my best to, um, if there's people that are nervous about talking to me at the event, just reach out and let me know we can set up a time to get together to chat about some other things but just please come ask me some questions it's uh it's very low-key it's very um non-formal which is a good way to describe me as you guys have known um from the podcast so yeah come check it out and i'm trying to think what else oh tomorrow 
So I'm film or uh, recording this. I'm not filming it yet, which that might come. I did start learning iMovie, so I'm a novice at GarageBand, and I am an even um, less of a novice, if that's possible, at iMovie. So I might try to do some video um, podcast so you can guys can see how weird I am when I actually talk into a microphone. I'm doing hand gestures to help me emote my uh, my talks to no one. So <laughs> I'm in here doing using hand gestures to help express myself to the wall. So you might see a picture of um, where I record. I just recently posted that on Instagram. You can see the, the Anxiety Wad poster in the background, but that's where I record. I'm talking to a wall. So the wall um, gets a very good emotion and um, hand gestures from me while I'm talking through this uh, podcast. So Please let me know if you guys want me to talk about anything. I've put a few surveys out there on my Instagram story. Um, I, I do have quite a few more questions. Some of them are overlapping. So if there's something that you want to uh, want me to, to cover that I haven't discussed yet on the podcast, please let me know. Just send it in, uh, either going through the website or just shoot me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, wherever uh, you may be able to find me. Or just shoot it to anxietywad at gmail.com. A few other things to note, um, I I am working with a few companies to possibly do sponsorship for the episodes. Uh, I haven't really done much of that. I really like the the free aspect of this, but it's getting to a point where um, people are wanting more information and it's beyond the scope of the time that I have available, which is where the workbook came from. Um, The workbook started many years ago, but it kind of fizzled when I got rid of my my blog, the, the typing blog. So now that I'm doing the podcast, it's kind of been resurrected and I've uh, revamped it quite a bit because the things I'm doing today, uh, they are very different from what I was doing back when I started the, the workbook and I've learned a lot, what works, what doesn't. So should be coming out soon, but uh, yeah, just hit me up and uh, let me know if you got any more questions on what you want to cover. So the other thing is let me know how you guys like these episodes without the music in the background. I, I kind of quit doing that uh, a while back with some wonderful feedback from a few of the listeners. So if that needs to change or if you want me to do anything different with how the episodes are laid out, um, you know, there might be a time, and this is something that's come up recently as well, that it might end up being more than just anxiety. It might cover mindset, which a lot of this blankets that anyways, mindset, but depression, and other areas of mental health. Um, but also like mindset as, as an athlete, um, I have an extensive athletic background. I really haven't mentioned a whole lot about it, but if that's something you guys would like to talk about as far as mindset in sport, I can also do that as well. So first up today for question number one, are there any underlying medical problems that could be causing my anxiety symptoms? My first thing to say is if you think there are, go get checked out. You know, there's, there's so much time spent wondering and worrying and um, spending time creating a story of what might be possible. The best thing and the most, um, the quickest thing that you can do for that is go to a doctor and get some diagnostic tests going on. I've done this multiple times in my life um, with anything that I'm, I'm finding that I'm focusing on. I'm going to go get it checked out. Um, more often than not. Um, it's been a while since that's happened. Um, I had a few issues going on a few years back um, with like urology. I'll just leave it, I'll just leave it at that with going into details. 
it ended up being that I, I do have a small kidney stone. Now, small kidney stones does not mean anything because it's still going to be painful when it ends up coming out. But I found out the answer rather than worrying so much. Now, causal, I don't, I'm not sure if there's actually like a physical thing that causes actual anxiety. More often than not, the anxiety is going to be caused by the thoughts you have on underlying physical symptoms. So I don't think that physical symptoms can just cause anxiety out of the blue. It's actually your thoughts around what the physical symptoms are. For me, I had a lot of nerve issues, and so I was really anxious about the sensations that I was feeling in my hand that started into my thumb, and it kind of started to work its way up to my wrist and then to my elbow and then into my shoulder. And I knew something was wrong, and I would, had been going to chiropractic treatments, and it would uh, subside for a week or two, and then I'd go back, and it just was kind of a like stepping up, like going up the steps of... And then eventually when I got to the top of the steps, my entire arm from my elbow to my thumb was completely numb. So um, that pinched nerve that I had didn't cause my anxiety. It was actually what I was thinking around the physical symptoms, physical sensations that caused my anxiety. So anxiety is cognitive rather than physical. I haven't read anything in my years of researching this that it would be like this physical symptom is causing my anxiety bypassing my mind. So it's not like if my kidney stone isn't going to cause me anxiety without my mind thinking that it's a tumor. Does that make sense? So you have physical symptoms wherever they may be. Say you have kind of a pain in your chest and you think that you're going to have a heart attack. Now, if the pain in your chest is like something going on with one of your ribs, like in your intercostal muscles or whatever it might be, the physical symptom isn't actually causing that anxiety and that feeling that you're having. It's actually your thought about that physical symptom and that physical pain. So I, I personally, and I may be wrong, so just this is my personal opinion from what I've read for 20 years of dealing with anxiety. Physical medical problems don't usually cause anxiety. They cause sensation. And it's our thoughts about those sensations that cause the anxiety. So I hope that helps. Now I could go on and on because this is something that I dealt with quite a bit, but I think that if you're feeling that something medical may be causing your anxiety symptoms, go get it checked out. That's the perfect place to find out the truth and let the cards fall where they are. You know, kind of deal with what happens when you get there. Believe your doctor with what he tells you. Now for me, I knew it was something more than, than chiropractic. I didn't know what. And so I just kept going back and try to, I pretty much exhausted all my options before going to a neurosurgeon because that was like high stakes, high tension, high nervousness. I wasn't brave enough at the time to actually just say, hey, I'm a go, but I wish I would have. It took me a good five years to get up the courage to go to a neurosurgeon and get some of the diagnostic tests that I needed. But... It would have saved me five years if I just would have gone right away. So that's my advice. I hope that helps. Let me know if you got any more questions about that. Um, again, I can go on and on about that type of thing. So if you, anybody else that kind of clicks for you, just shoot me a message and I will answer more questions about that. Thank you for that question. I really appreciate that. So question number two, and this is a little bit of a longer uh, question. And 
I'll do my best to get through it here without saying um or ah or so. <laughs> you guys that have listened to the show know that I say so a lot, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm aware of it, and it's hopefully I can get better at it. Question two, for social anxiety, people messing with you a lot, it can have a lot of negative health problems. Anxiety and social isolation is medically as dangerous as smoking. Possibly. That's my, my opinion there. Um, do you think prevention is based more on being large, strong, or more in how a person carries themselves, eye contact, power, stance, etc.? Thank you. Um, so social anxiety is caused by the perception of what others are thinking about you. Um, I've talked about the illusion of transparency. When you go into a public space, you think you understand what other people are thinking about you. Simplified, that's the simplified version of, of what actually is going on in a social situation. It's more so because you're focusing on other people than taking care of yourself. And it's very hard if you're introverted. It's very hard if you're scared of groups. It's very hard if you're in a new space. It's very hard if you're in a place that you work with that there is a group of people, and this is kind of what I'm gathering from, from your, your comments, that, that tend to jab you. And I, I grew up in my elementary years being bullied. And so I, I kind of, I can sympathize with this. However, it, you have the power inside you to deal with this. So it's not as dangerous as smoking in my opinion, because the, the isolation part is going to be your own doing. And just like it's your own doing of isolating yourself, you can undo it by how you think about the situation, how you perceive it. Now, if it gets physical or if it gets abusive, you know, wherever you may be, talk to somebody about it. Number one, number two, stick up for yourself, right? Now, if that's hard for you, if you're, if you're not like quick witted, or if you have a hard time speaking up in public, remove yourself from the situation. Like you can probably find a different spot to eat lunch. You could probably find a different spot to hang out and take your breaks. Um, you know, self-care rather than isolation. Um, prevention has nothing to do with your outward opinion, outward appearance. For me, people always get the wrong impression of me. You know, I'm six, three, about 245 pounds, tattoos, earrings, beard, bald. They think I'm a giant meathead. When they get to know me, they're like, you're exactly opposite of what I expected. So the way I appear, it may seem that, you know, it's prevention of people attacking me or um, people jabbing me. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you look like. There's always going to be some turd out there that wants to poke at you. Now you can flush that turd <laughs> by um, armoring yourself with knowing yourself first, rather than worrying about people that aren't having your best interest in mind, get rid of them. Like, don't even let them in the equation. You have the power to rule the perception of your life. No one else can say, hey, you know, I don't like the way your hair looks. That shouldn't ruin your day. You should be like, I don't care. You know, in your mind, probably not say this out loud, you know, if you're in the circumstance where you're not able to speak up or you're a little introverted. But in your mind, be like, well, your opinion doesn't matter. Mine does. You could just kind of nod at them be like, all right, whatever. 
what they're looking for is to get a response out of you. And this is bullies 101 is they're, they're trying to get you to do something or react or, you know, they want to feel better about themselves because they are a turd. And so how you look, nah, not really as big as how you carry yourself. Confidence will always crush a bully. Just like naming your anxiety or the anxiety thought, naming it out loud will decrease its power. Speaking up out loud to a bully will decrease its influence over you. Letting them know that, hey, what you say doesn't matter. I'm worried about what I think is more important. So I hope that helps. So social isolation is is self-inflicted more more often than not. There's unlimited ways to interact with people. And I think that, you know, if you're just looking in one area and you're not finding it there, you need to open up your options and look other places. And if you need those options, let me know. I can definitely help you. Um, This is something I've done for many of the people that I've worked with that are introverted, is trying to find a social aspect to their introversion. And many, 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 many people that are introverted have anxiety. So a large majority do. The part that is hard is getting someone to understand about the illusion of transparency. I am never going to understand for sure in a social setting what is going going on in everybody else's mind, so I don't worry about it which is interesting, I'm sure. Like I don't, I used to, um, and, I, and I, I think I do so still, like if I'm given a speech and that's just conditioned, that's a conditioned response from when I'm in elementary school and I had some negative feedback, some negative experiences. And so that's kind of more ingrained, but when I'm standing up in front of a class coaching, I don't really think about, okay, well I said this this way, or I kind of stuttered and it's like this podcast, it's not perfect. I mean, I say words and I'm like, I listen to it. And I'm like, oh man, I say it that way. Weird. <laughs> but like, if I say that up in front of a group, I'm not picking myself apart, going through each individual's person's head. Well, they looked at me weird. They must've caught that. They must be thinking this. They must be thinking that they must be, oh my goodness, I'm stupid. So it has a large majority to do with the conversation that you have in your head in a social setting. Uh, but it sounds like what you need to do is find a few more options to, find some social outlets and whether you're in a small town, large town, wherever you're at, if it's happening, uh, there, there's going to be unlimited ways to socially interact with people. If you don't, and I, I'm not going to list them right now, but if you need those, let me know and I will get those to you. So, and, and, and I'm trying to like figure out a way to put this. That's going to be something for you to take with you to take action on but contact me. You know, this is something that's um, kind of near and dear to my heart that it sounds more so that you kind of have like a bullying situation going on, which is causing you anxiety than the actual social anxiety. So like interactions can be tough if you're introverted, but if you're talking about social isolation, it, it sounds like a situation you kind of need to get out of. So uh, yeah, hit me up. We'll, we'll chat a little bit more about this one. I, I can definitely help out. Like I said, I'm someone that that dealt with bullying and, uh, you know, you just, uh, my heart goes out to you. So hang in there and, uh, we can definitely figure that one out for you. So thanks for your question. Thanks for being brave and, uh, putting that one on the show. I really appreciate that one. Thank you.
Okie dokie. See, it's, okie dokie is different than so. <laughs> uh, oh, and this question, yeah, number three, of course, the first, first word in it is so. It looks like the big question here is how do adults with anxiety help kids with anxiety because their kids' anxiety trigger their own anxiety? So how do I help my son if my son's anxiety triggers mine? Right, so his anxiety triggers mine. How do I help them? I focus more so on my son, which this is just hypothetical because his doesn't cause me anxiety because I really understand it. His is so similar to mine that it's like I'm talking to myself at times. And before I get into the question, the cool part about that for me is I focus on me helping him is healing my inner child. And I think I've talked about this on an episode in the past when I was going to therapy one of the practices we had to do is I had to close my eyes and imagine I would walk into a room where my inner child was sitting and I'm trying not to get emotional, but he like, for me, I'd always picture it and I'd walk in and I would have my hands on my face and I was crying and, uh, I would put my hand on the, the, my inner child's shoulder and say, Hey, you're going to be okay. And that's, that's like the, as far as I could get before I start, would start losing it. Now this was at a time when I was really struggling. And so it was, it was a very difficult, uh, practice for me to do. But now that I'm, I'm farther down the road in my journey, when I help my son, I get to heal him. And for me, it's very therapeutic. And that might be a good way for you to look at it is that you're learning hand in hand with your child piggyback them, have them, have throw them on your back. You're learning, they're learning, admit it to them that their anxiety can cause you some and tell them that is okay. So my son asks me from time to time, he goes, do you ever worry about blank? And I, for the most part, it's no, but I used to. And here's what I did. Now, if he would say, Hey, do you ever worry about your heart before bed? And if it still did, I'd be like, yes. What are the, some of the thoughts that you have about that, buddy? And then he'll be like, well, you know, I think that I'm going to have a heart attack and die. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, that's kind of the same thing I, I have. And I'd say, but we've got a hundred percent success rate of waking up in the morning. Right. So I think we'll be all right. And then I'd be like, well, what are the thoughts that happen before you get really, really nervous? And start dissecting some of those thoughts and being like, well, when that thought comes up, let's do this one instead. So the thought would be, my heart feels weird. What if I have a heart attack? And then right after that, you want to say, well, my heart's okay. It's okay. And then my heart feels weird. What if I have a heart attack and die? It's okay. I'm okay. And then I'll throw in three more. It's okay. I'm okay. It's okay. I'm okay. It's okay. I'm okay. And I will kind of tsunami that negative thought with mantras. And this is one I, I taught my son and he does it all the time now. And, uh, we actually just returned to a restaurant in where he had a little bit of a panic attack last night and he made it through it. He was a little nervous. I could tell, but, uh, he did not have a panic attack. And so it was a very successful night for him. And so I, I gave him the knuckles and said, Hey dude, that's awesome. You just made it through last night. And so we celebrated that little success. And so if I was a person that would have anxiety at restaurants, like he does, 
then I would probably take him into the hallway and ask him how he's doing. If I'm anxious, he's anxious. It's it's might seem like it's counterintuitive to put two things that are like-minded in an anxious state together, but it will heal you. You're the adult in the in that conversation and kids everybody knows have a wonderful way of getting right to the point, brutally honest. And so it's it's a good way for you to get out of your own head and the other aspect of this is nothing has benefited me more than speaking about my anxiety and helping other people. It has been the biggest part of my healing is doing what I'm doing right now, talking about it, sharing about it, and then helping other people that were struggling. You don't have to be completely healed before you can help other people. Time and time again, no matter when I was in my journey, no matter what the time frame was, I have always found people that have it worse off than I do, and I'm able to help them. I guarantee, as an adult, you can help your child even if you're a person that has anxiety. Now, you may not, and again, I've said this on when we talked about kids before, don't try to fix it. Try to help them learn how to think through it. And in that state, if you're, you know, and, and you guys can reach out to me if this is something you're just really stuck on, you can't get through it, you don't even know where to start, reach out, I can help you with this. This is something that we're, we're doing right now and we've been doing it for, you know, a year. And so, you know, help him learn how to think, not what to think. And so when I, when I talk about, yeah, my heart feels weird and I think I might have a heart attack and die. That's what my son's thought is. Helping him learn how to think is like, well, it's kind of a, an irrational thought, so let's think this instead. And so the other part of that is um, helping him learn how to think. Okay, so his chest pain, where is it? So it's right by his ribs, and it's not inside his chest. So I, I kind of push on it, and I'd be like, well, that's, that's like a muscle. That's where your big muscles are. You're going to have big muscles like daddy sometime. It's not actually your heart. Your heart's inside. It doesn't hurt inside, does it? He's like, well, no. I'm like, does it really hurt? Does it just feel weird? And he's like, well, it just feels weird. And then I, I push on, I'd be like, does it hurt there? He's like, no. I go, well, that's actually where your heart is. And so next time this happens, kind of touch it. Be like, well, it's not inside. It's my muscle. It's not really where my heart is. So it's probably not my heart. And so just navigating those thoughts and actually getting them to a point of what's the reality in the situation might be your best bet. And in turn, that's going to help you practice your own thinking all of this stuff that we do on a daily basis is practice you know for me if i get sick or something happens physically all of the practice that i've done for the last you know 20 years is going to come into play like it's the big game that's why i do it something happens like i do end up having something with my heart or if i have cancer again i've been practicing and and this interaction with your kids is the practice. You don't have to do it perfect. You know, don't try to fix. Just try to teach them how to think. And in turn, that's going to help you learn how to think. But please reach out. We can work it, work our way through that. You know, we can set up a one-on-one or do a Skype or a phone call or whatever. And uh, we can chat our way through this. So in that vein... Uh, actually, thank you for your question. Thanks for reaching out. That's a great question. That's something I, I answer quite a bit. And, you know, 
if you're someone with anxiety and there's either a child or a loved one that has anxiety, it's perfectly reasonable to, um, to help each other heal, especially if you have open communication. Now, if you don't have open communication, rip that bandaid off. <laughs> the sooner the better, because the sooner you can open that conversation, the sooner you get to the point where you want to be right now. You get that healing going. The good stuff happens with difficult conversations and sharing. So thank you for that question. I really appreciate that. Um, I, I'm still trying to figure out when I would do some one-on-ones. I really want to do that. Um, but the other thing that's coming up, and I might actually try to set a date here is, excuse me, I'm going to move this mic cable here, um, is a seminar. And I might do an, an on-site seminar, and I might bring some of the workbooks with and kind of work our way through that. Or just do a, a speech, not speech, I don't like speech, do a talk about my anxiety. I'm not like a professional speaker by any stretch of the imagination, as you guys know, because you're listening. But just do a talk about anxiety, um, offer up some stuff in person. Uh, I can get some one on, uh, uh, back and forth between questions and answers, but also bring some uh, tools to the table that people can leave that day or that night, whenever it happens, to put into action. Once that happens, I'll let you guys know. Pretty sure we're going to try to live stream that and just have like an access code or maybe do charge like a buck or five bucks or something. I don't know. We'll see. Um, still, still trying to iron out the details on that. So that's it for today. Uh, really appreciate you guys uh, joining in. And I suppose we could give you your exit wad, your workout for your day. What I want you to do is write out three goals and... As simple as that may seem, you write them down, you really don't do anything. But what I want you to do is write down the numbers 1 through 30. And each day that you spend time in action towards those goals, I want you to put a check mark. And now the goal is to get 30 checks, obviously. But more so, if you get from 28 to 30, take a picture of it, show it to me, and I'll send you a free workbook. So three goals. Now we want them attainable with a timeline. So it's something that you can do with a timeline and a way to measure them. So in 30 days, I want to lose five, six pounds. If you want to lose weight, no more than 10 in a month, please. <laughs> with a timeline. And I want you to show that to me and let me know. I'm not so worried that you hit the goal. I just want to see the progress. Progress is more important than attainment. You want it something that you can achieve, but the hard part is changing your habits to achieve that goal. Good? Good to go? All right, rock on, guys. Thanks for joining me on the Anxiety Wad podcast. I appreciate it. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. I want you to keep coming back. I promise we're going to figure this out. <laughs>